You're tuned in to PBAFM on 89.7 with Bianca Vlahos and I've got my guest on the line, Abbot George Burke, founder and director of the Light of the Spirit Monastery, calling in from Cedarcrest, New Mexico, United States. Welcome to the program. Thank you very much, Bianca. Glad to be here, as usual. Thank you for calling in again at midnight, I understand. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it's uh, five minutes to one in the morning. Now, today we're talking about, uh, you've written a great article, just for the listener, I'll let them know your website, it's ocoy.org, and I went on to your website, and you've written a great uh, article helping others into their past lives, and um, we did talk about it about six six or seven weeks ago, we talked about it, and I thought we'd do a, a part two, well this is part six of our conversation, our sixth conversation, but about, about part two of uh, this discussion on reincarnation, I had a lot of queries about it, because a lot of people discuss this topic but we really don't know a lot about it but I did ask you a few questions on email a few weeks ago and one of them was uh, you know can someone today have had no past lives could this be the start of past lives and I asked you quite a few questions but where would you like to begin regarding this because I know it's a massive topic and uh, your, your article was excellent helping others into their past lives well it's, it's, it's kind of the practical experience of uh People for a long time, but uh, definitely we've we've been here before, and it has it almost determines exactly what happens to us, um, you know. Then then in in the present life, you see we have a huge history. There's different theories about it, and because it's something that uh, is. <laughs> You could say it's such a rarefied uh, area of uh, human life and something not been that much explored. But uh, there are some who feel we were we lived even in other dimensions before. Uh, there are people who believe we've lived in other planets before. But certainly we do find that uh, there's been a past to everyone because we see it with children. Children in the same family will have such completely different personalities right from the very beginning. Uh, I'm sure, you know, you've seen that that yourself. Mm. Within your own family or others, you'll find, uh, first of all, you have a very, very outgoing child, someone who's very communicative, then you have another one that's very quiet, doesn't hardly speak at all. Sometimes they don't, don't even want to be around people. Uh, I knew I knew a, a girl that as soon as she was old enough to to feed herself and uh, walk around, that uh, she'd go away from the table. She'd pick up her plate and she'd go and she'd sit in her room and she would eat. And she would not eat with other people around at all. Gee, how old was she? Uh, oh, she started that when she was maybe, I don't know, three years old, mm. four years old. And and she just really would could not stand the idea of eating around people. Well, you see, there are certain um, um, uh, cultural things. Even in India, you, you find this. There are... Uh, uh, it, of course, the traditions are like anywhere else in the world are starting to fade away, but um, there are actually families in India that the family members do not eat with one another. Mm-hmm. Then there are some where the family eats in the kitchen, and they don't ever eat outside the kitchen. It takes too long to explain yeah. the why and wherefores of this. So obviously... This girl had this kind of a background. Um, I knew a little boy that couldn't stand to have anybody see his bare feet. And he had been that way as soon as he was able to express his feelings. I mean, to his parents. Um, He would cry and he would try to hide his feet. And, uh, you know, one of the things that they believe that warped Stalin was the fact that he had deformed feet. And he grew up as a child in a poor situation where people went barefoot. Mm. 
and he was just tormented by other children about his uh, about his the deformity of his feet. So I explained to his parents, look, this could be something similar in his life, so just go along with it. He may grow out of it or he may not. <laughs> we hope when he gets married, <laughs> he won't demand that his wife not see his bare feet, but anyway, that will be his problem. So we just see these little things. Um, there are people that even use words from another language, and they just they just somehow know them, or they they have other uh, other traits. So very definitely, I, I think. If, uh, tell me, have you had any experience of this? Have you ever noticed children having these very very definite traits that people would say, "Where did they get that?" Yes, I mean, I have I have seen, I can't think of anything specifically at this moment, but I, I've definitely noticed it, like I spoke to you last time, when I watch TV programs and I've seen young people, very young, five and six-year-olds uh, being amazing piano players or talking in front of crowds of thousands and I just think, you know, they must be an old soul or very developed in in their whatever, whatever. I, don't, I wouldn't even know how to articulate it, but it, it blows my mind. And, and I often wonder, do people have an idea that they were what they were perhaps in a past life do, do people know as they go through the journey in their current life do they know that they were something and specifically what were they in a past life some people know some people don't some people know via a past life regression others just know without doing anything they just say I was here this is what I was how can we tap into that how can we know well that, that is a good question um <laughs> uh, I think, again, it's like everything else, which is individual with a person, is mm. that um, some will more easily do it than others. I don't think it means that there's anyone that can't eventually do it, but I think some people uh, are, are more in touch with it. That has a lot to do with how long uh, you spent between, between your lives. There are people that can uh, leave their body and then not come back for a few hundred years. And so at that, during that time, uh, in another completely different realm, they've uh, sort of the, the memories of the, of the life of the Earth experience has had time to kind of fade away. But some are born back very quickly. And when they're born very quickly, they're often more still back in that life than they are in uh, in this present one. And uh, <clears throat> a lot has to do with the kind of the people around them, because I've known children that spoke freely about that. I, mm. I, I know a little girl that uh, was watching, uh, I think I mentioned this before, she was watching a, a CNH sugar <laughs> commercial on television, and they were showing the big island in Hawaii where much of the, the sugar is produced. And uh, she was actually coloring a coloring book, but the television set was on it. And she said, oh, I live there. Really? And her mother said, really, you did? She said, yes, I live there. I live there with Daddy. And uh, she named her uh, other sister, which I, whose name I now forget. And the mother said, oh, well, did I live there with you? She said, no, no, you weren't there. But uh, Daddy and, and my other sister, uh, they were there. And she said in a very matter-of-fact way. And uh, I think I maybe have also mentioned I had a cousin that, to my amazement, when, let's see, I was five years old. He would have been four years old. We went to... Um, Someone had died, and we went into the uh, morticians, and of course the, the casket was there, and the uh, person there, you know, being sort of visited by people in the family. And to my amazement, my cousin pointed to where the casket was and said, why, that's where they put me when I died. Mm. Well, we pass it off as it's just nonsense, mm. but why would a child say a thing yeah. like that? If, if no. you watch a child 
especially up to the age of three, you can tell very much about uh, previous lives, but it, it extends even to about the ages of five, six, and so on. And uh, you know, What do you mean up to the age of three we can tell? Yes, you can pretty much tell. They, I remember, uh, I know a very, very remarkable yogi in India. Actually, I met him my very first visit there. And uh, he talked about this. And uh, he, was, he was a doctor who was running a free dispensary in an ashram. And he was such a loving person that the children of the neighborhood came to see him every afternoon. And they would come in, and you know he would talk with them because you know he 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 understood these are just these are adults from another life, even if right now they have a, a child's body. And uh, I remember he mentioned this once when when they went out, and he had been talking to a little boy that was only about three years old, and he said, if you watch a child. In the first three years, he said they're living almost completely off of their past lives. It's like you know, there are certain um, uh, life forms, even birds, that when they're first hatched, they they don't eat maybe for a few days. They're still sort of living on the nourishment they had in the egg, and uh, this happens also with human beings in a mental in a mental state. So you can just look and see. What do they react to? Um, when I was I was about three years old, um, well, my mother and an aunt of mine went to and took me. I was, they went to a, a hospital for some reason. It was a Catholic hospital, and there were statues in the hallway. And. Uh, when uh, my mother was carrying me past the statue of Jesus, I, I held out my arms and said, take me, take me. Sure. <laughs> and of course, my mother uh, was horrified to her that meant I was asking to die, oh. but it wasn't. Uh, so I, I had some reaction to that. Gee. I didn't react to any other statues, but just, just to Jesus. Well, it shows that there was some kind of stirring there mm. uh, from a past life. So interesting. Oh, I want to ask you, Abbot George, I'm not sure if there's anything in this, but, uh, you know, we all come from our parents, of course. So are we connected with our parents with regards to past lives and karma? Is there a link and connection, or are we totally independent on our own life journey in all our lives, or, or are we given parents with uh, links to reincarnation, all of us, in, in a similar story, or, or is it quite separate? Well, again, um, we're all so unique, but you can't say absolutely one thing for it. Well, I can say absolutely. It's karma, very definitely. Uh, if you have certain karmas you need to fulfill, and your parents are in a situation where those karmas can manifest, then you'll be born there. But we do have a profound connection with their parents. A lot of people who, again, that Sue's karma may not have gotten along so well with their parents, um, uh, will will say, oh, I don't have anything in common with them or with my family. But definitely we do. Otherwise, we couldn't have such a profound, especially with their mothers, we couldn't have such such a, a profound connection, even just physically. To think that for nine months uh, we were almost indistinguishable mm. from from that person, uh, Dr. Morris Netherton, who is really the most uh, capable person in past life recall. He's created, in fact, an entire method and call, method called the Netherton uh, method. Um, he said that in the womb, the child can't even distinguish itself separately from its mother. That the mother's thoughts, the child experiences as its own, and also can experience uh, the mother's experiences. And uh, when they, even after they're born, they're in their subconscious and they think 
that it was them, that they had that experience, but it was really their mother's experience. Mm-hmm. And therefore, people are often shaped by the attitudes of their mothers. Right. And by the things, for example, I know about a person who was overweight that uh, just habitually and uh, discovered that, uh, with Dr. Netherton actually, that uh, when, his, when his mother was pregnant, that uh, she had this habit, she was, was a very thin person actually, but uh, when she would eat a meal and then she would say to herself, I'm just going to have something a little more. And that kind of went in as uh, uh, almost like a habit pattern into him. Mm. And so he had this habit to not just eat and be done, mm. but he would eat and then say, uh, and just a little more. And even more than this, uh, he liked to cook. And when he cooked, he would do this even in putting the spices in the oh, food. Wow. He would say, oh, just a little more, and mm. put in a little more of this or a little more of that. As a consequence, sometimes there was too much in the food. Yeah. Uh, who, who could think that it could come from such a simple little thing? Exactly. But it really does. Uh, that's why it's valuable for a person to understand. Um, he, uh, Dr. Netherton said that he went through a period where for about three years, nearly everyone who came to him had been uh, in a concentration camp in World War II. And he said the, the, there was one, one young girl who was just like a, a walking skeleton almost because she either refused to eat or when she ate, uh, she, she vomited all up. And uh, when he regressed her, she remembered that she was in this camp. And her mother said, don't let them notice you, meaning the guards. Mm -hmm. And her mother would say, you just go and stand somewhere and don't even move and don't ever let don't ever look in their eyes and just don't let them see you. Mm -hmm. So she had this compulsion to be invisible. Well, when you have a physical body, it's pretty hard to be invisible. So the the poor woman was almost, in a sense, committing suicide uh, because of this compulsion. And who could think of such a thing? There are so many problems we have as human beings that we can think, well, there's something just wrong with me. I've got this kink in my head. When if we could understand our past life, we'd understand that what we're doing, even if strange, is on a certain level normal. Um, Didn't you find, you know, even when you were a child, there were certain things you couldn't stand to eat and other certain things you were attracted to, and uh, you could have eating habits completely different from your family. Mm, True. Very true. Although I liked most foods. An interesting thing, yeah, and is. also you can you can be walking, uh, you know, you can be in in the business section, going to some kind of a shop, and all of a sudden a child demands to have something. I mean, they can even be in, in their in somebody's arms, you know, being carried, not even old enough to walk, and they can pass by something and they want it, and we think, well, this is just a whim, you know. What could they know about that kind of a thing? What would they want, say, uh, a telephone for? But uh, it's from a previous life. Mm. They remember, recognize, and they say, oh, I need one of those things, or I want one of those things. There are people who hoard things because in a previous life, they couldn't get it. They couldn't have them. Sometimes it's food. Sometimes it's, uh, it's physical objects. There are people that, I think one of the reasons some people collect things and even become collectors with, with, with a huge amount of these things is because they have an unfulfilled desire from a previous life. 
you know, there are people that can, they really want an automobile and they weren't able to get an automobile. And in this life, they, they collect automobiles. And they buy automobiles from the era in which they lived in the previous life and they wanted one. So they like antique autos, mm-hmm. automobiles. You know, there, there are people that just do stack up things. I remember a friend of mine talking about a cousin of hers who had two or three of everything in the kitchen. She had, she had two or three blenders. She had two or three toasters. And uh, I've known people that had several complete sets of dishes, uh, for which they had no need at all. So even something as simple as this, comes from a past life. Now, what if someone has issues accessing a past life, and uh, if so, how do they unblock it? And I was just reading your article, just for the listener, if they want to go onto your website, <coughs> OCOY is your website, OCOY.org, helping others into their past lives. And just at, at the end of it, you've got uh, each regression is different, but there are many things you can do to make that particular lifetime come into sharper focus. And you've got a list here of uh, talking about how the person can find out what their name was, what year that they're in the scene the setting colors pictures it's it's very interesting yes it is it's really quite quite astonishing the first time you work with this uh you're 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 kind of you're kind of kind of amazed by the way that article um is uh really a, a a chapter of a book um, in fact, did did you give the people the uh, the web address to see the article? Yes, ocoy dot org. And uh, yeah, then slash recall. Oh, okay. Slash, yeah, ocoy dot org diagonal or slash. Yeah. I always say recall diagonal. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is uh, an article written by a very remarkable man called David Sinclair. And he wrote a book um, about various um, subjects de- de- dealing with the, with the inner mind. And um, uh, <laughs> and he, they were, the book is actually called David St. Clair's Lessons in Instant ESP, because he goes through various other kind of things that deal with the areas of the mind we usually aren't even aware exist. And um, uh, it's quite a a remarkable book. It it seems as perfect as a person can get. And uh, you might want to see if it's possible to get this. I checked on Amazon Australia, Amazon Australia uh, three or four months ago, and they had some copies, but uh, I don't know whether they still have any now or not. That is, they list used, uh, uh, you know, uh, sources of used books. But uh, it's quite a remarkable book. In fact, all of his books are remarkable. So there's quite yeah. a quite a percentage of our mind that we don't tap into. We only is we only use is it ten percent or one percent of our mind power in our brain? Yeah, and that's just the conscious mind. Imagine then the the, the subconscious mind, and of course the subconscious mind uh, uh, has a lot to do with our health. Uh, again, back to, to previous life things. Um, they're. Uh, Dr. Netherlands worked with people who were chronically ill from childhood, and they would become like deathly ill, and uh, then recover, and then some other problem would come up, and he found that it was because of a of traumas from previous lives. They were trying to escape for one thing, and uh, then there were some who thought they didn't have any right to, to even live. He. He had a patient that um, uh, that did this. She would nearly die with something really serious. Then she'd recover. A little bit later, she'd get something else really life-threatening. And what it was is that 
uh, as she was being born, uh, someone walked into the delivery room there in the hospital, and the doctor who was delivering her said to that person, what are you doing in here? You, you don't have any business here. Get out. And she understood, because in the subconscious, uh, we, we have this intuition, and often then we're dealing with language we spoke in previous lives. And so she took it as a command. She had no business to be here. She should get out. The only way you get out of, of this world is you die. Mm. And so in a sense, her mind was virtually trying to you know, commit a form of suicide. And uh, as soon as this was uncovered, then her health became just fine. She no, no longer went through this. Uh, so it's really so, our understanding and education of, of all of these things, of our mind, our spirit, our physical body, our mental state, uh, being tapped into all of these things, because then people can heal from this. Yes, yes. It's a, Again, you know, that too is determined... Uh, there's two Sanskrit words. We're all uh, familiar with the word karma. But another very important word is samskar, which means conditioning from previous lives. You could even call it karmic conditioning. And uh, there are some people who are very disposed to looking backward. There are some people who are not at all disposed. And it does happen that some... Uh, some people naturally don't want to remember, just like we usually don't want to remember our nightmares. So if we have a very unpleasant previous life, then uh, no, we don't want it. I, I knew a very brilliant woman. She was actually a Protestant Sunday school teacher, but once every year she... Uh, had a, a session with her Sunday school class on a Sunday of um, reincarnation and uh, its indications. And uh, she wrote a book about it. She wrote a, a fiction book, but the idea was to present the various aspects of reincarnation. And uh, she was in a writer's group that I belonged to, and she would read a chapter of uh, of the book, and there was one woman there, also a writer, actually a very successful writer, and uh, it was an interesting response. I mean, it, she would almost cry, and she would plead with the, this woman that had written about reincarnation, and she'd say, no, Bess, no, please, please, Bess, one life is enough. <laughs> I don't want to have more. Oh, I agree. Well, obviously, obviously <laughs> it meant I, she, what she'd already had was enough. And wow. uh, she'd had difficulties, of course, in that present life. And so naturally a person can have an aversion with it, about, toward it, and think, oh, no, no, let, let me stay away from that. yeah. yeah. And it's important, if, if I can talk about one small thing, too, that people always say, well, if I lived before, why don't I remember? Well, it's because we have different brains, and there's uh, conscious memories come, come from in our brain. So it's buried deep in our subconscious. And yet, if we'll look back, we will be able to tell um, a great deal about the previous life. For example, there are people, they see uh, a motion picture or they see uh, photographs or paintings from another era in history, and they say, I'd love to dress like that. A friend of mine uh, knew a married couple that moved far out into a forest, and they lived like it was 17th century yeah. colonial America. Mm. I mean, literally. They had no electricity. They refused to have electricity. And they, the both of them, they made, uh, made their own clothes, and, and they literally dressed like people had in pre-revolutionary America. And their furniture, every, every single thing about their life 
was uh, a replica from that time. And it's because then they felt comfortable with that. And it must have been a happy life for them. So that, that, that's why, why we're attracted also to things like that. Now, Ab- feel, I, hmm? Abbot, yes. Abbot George, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt, but we just need to take a quick break, literally 40-second break. Do you mind holding? Not at all. Welcome back. <laughs> Thank you. Glad to be here. Actually, during the break, I remembered... Uh, something that was very revealing in my own in my own childhood um, I would visit my grandparents and they had uh, a set of dominoes I think that what they call double twelves in other words there's a huge number of dominoes and uh, as soon as I got a hold of them and I mean I would have been again three or four years old I would uh, take the dominoes and sit on the floor and I would build these structures and I didn't realize it but years later decades later I saw that it was the exact I was building making these little things they were uh, replicas of uh, a form of temple architecture used in India in in the 16th century. Oh, wow! And uh, in fact, the famous the famous temples in in Kujaraho that uh, a lot of a lot of tourists go go to see was exactly that style. And I would uh, I would make them, and then I would lie down on the floor right by them and look inside and I would I would strain with my will to get inside uh, sounds very strange mm-hmm. I think if my mother had known what I was doing she would have wondered if I was a bit crazy and of course that was a desire to get into uh, a previous life mm-hmm. so what, and, uh, what's the value in understanding our past life for people listening now like some people might be saying well you know I don't really want to go there and other people might be saying well I'm really intrigued I want to go there what's the the main value in understanding our past lives life or lives well when you understand what has caused the present situation you can often understand that situation often also it will tell you or you understand then the way you should respond to the present situation and the way to go from this point onward. Now, I, uh, it was a long time before I ever worked with actual practice of uh, past life recall. And uh, I, I was, however, interested in, in meditation. And uh, so I found that... Uh, as I, as I meditated that uh, a certain situation would come up and I would spontaneously uh, have, a, have a memory, have an impression from a previous life. And by knowing that, I understood both how to, to, to look at and value the present and what to do about it, what direction uh, uh, to, to take my life in. It was very, very practical. Now, maybe a person understands they don't need it right now. And so they think I'm, then they're not interested. That's fine, too. That, too, is a response that uh, is rooted, rooted in the past. So some people need to know, some do not. Uh, I've only uh, come across real objections once as far as uh, someone citing practical uh, problems that came from past life recall, I did have someone tell me that they knew they knew a, a married couple that uh, were very interested in past life recall, and um, 
I don't know what process they used, but when they recalled their past lives, they found out they'd been deadly enemies with each other, to oh. each other in the previous lives, and they divorced. Oh, gosh. Uh, the, the, the aversion to each other, the dislike for each other, suddenly surfaced. So I think that would be a, a good reason why maybe a person should, should not. But usually it helps. I mean, I've met people that I remembered that, uh, you know, we didn't get along and uh, maybe I made them miserable, they made me miserable. And my response to that was, well, in this life, we won't repeat this mistake. I mean, I've actually um, met people that caused me tremendous suffering in a previous life, but I had a chance to do good for them. And, and so I did. So it's, it's interesting you think, well, they should be doing good for me, but well, uh, the way this particular sat, no. Uh, uh, I had some dramatic uh, experiences like this. So do we bring that into so, our current lives with current people too? Like if there's people in, in our lives that one or two or three difficult people in our lives that we just don't get on with, whether they're family or friends, whether we're close to them or not. Well, let's say we're close to them because that uh, is the issue, isn't it? You know, if we're not close and we just choose not to spend time with them. But if, we, if they're in our circle and we're close to them and we don't get on with them, well, what do we do there? Is that sort of more of a lesson um, and a hidden kind of blessing lesson to make more of an effort and be kinder to those people that give us grief? Yes. Is that uh, how we evolve in our soul? It may be they're remembering a wrong we did to them in a previous life. So uh, they will... Uh, so this is a chance uh, that we can... We can agree, again, uh, we can either... Uh, give them good to try to neutralize the evil we did to them in a previous life, or they can be continuing that negative pattern. And the only way to heal it, it maybe they were negative to us, and the way to heal it is for us to adopt uh, a positive attitude toward them. I remember hearing a man tell um, about... Uh, he and his wife, almost from the beginning of their marriage, they had lots of disagreements. And they sometimes would wrangle around and around and around. And uh, uh, they were uh, very religious. And she'd say, um, uh, he would say to her, the Bible says, uh, wives obey your husbands. And she'd say, yeah, but it also says, husbands, I love your wife. <laughs> Good to them. And he said, finally, one day he said, look, I'm going to do what I should do, whether you do or not. Yes. So you don't have to pay attention to me, but I'm going to love you, and I'm going to pay attention to you. And uh, it changed everything for them. And so sometimes, in fact, that's why this stuff happens to us, for us to learn how to make a positive response to a negative situation. So we're being helped. Even the people who are cause, trying to cause us problems, somewhere there, there's an element of learning. And uh, it's very valuable to see that. There was someone in my life who made my life miserable for seven years, and I do mean miserable. And uh, once I realized about reincarnation, once I uh, understood, though I had no memory of past life contact with this person, I realized there's something here that I need to learn. And the truth was that this person had had somewhat of a positive attitude toward me because I had been almost forced um, to to um, adopt a positive uh, action and mo mode of thinking toward them. And I realized, well, this person has helped me. Mm. And the interesting thing was, is when I could accept this, 
when I no longer resented them and no longer said, well, their fault, they made me miserable and this and that, and I felt sorry for them, I realized these are, this is a suffering person. Yeah, that's true. And because they're in pain, they've acted this way. Mm. And we became the best of friends. I mean, incre incredibly so. Very, very close to each other. So, um, this is one one very valuable thing that even just knowing there's been a previous life connection, even if we don't remember, to just realize this person couldn't be in my life if there wasn't an affinity between us, yes. although it's manifesting mm. as as a rejection of each other, an aversion to each other. And uh, then we can go on from there. And um, then oftentimes, too, the, then the, uh, the, memories, the memories do come. And nothing and is coincidence as well. What's that? Nothing is coincidence. Everything is specific. Oh, no. Yeah. Nothing is accidental. Um, uh, that's sometimes not easy for our ego. Uh, when we real begin to realize I'm not an innocent victim. I, I may be someone who was a victimizer in a, in a previous life, and now as an echo, it's mm. coming back to me. And a lot of the reasons, Bianca, we go through these experiences is so we'll know what it's like. Yeah. In other words, we could have been a very overbearing person in a previous life, even um, uh, with good intentions. You know, there are people that are that type. They're very heavy-handed, and uh, they just have this attitude, well, this will be good for you, and therefore do it, and <laughs> mm. I'm telling you to do it. We may have that from our parents, but sometimes we have it from next-door neighbors. We think, well, who are you to tell me? Yeah. But... Um, uh, there's, there's a purpose there. There's learning. And it, it doesn't mean it isn't painful. I mean, think of the subjects in school that we suffered through. Mm. But we had to Maths. go through. <laughs> and we're, we're in the school of life. Yeah. And uh, uh, all of these things happen. But yes, everything has a purpose. And it's very, very important for us to say, all right, if this kind of behavior is done toward me, this means that I manifested this behavior in a previous life. You see? And, you know, there are people, they just love to recount who let them down and who hurt their feelings. And uh, I knew, I met uh, a man once had a tremendous amount of negativity in him. In fact, he really had a lot of suppressed violence. And uh, I remember actually, first when I met him immediately, I thought, "Oh boy, I hope this this young man manages because he's just almost like a bomb walking around, waiting or looking for a reason to go off." Yeah. And uh, so he he told me his past. You know, well, when I was only nine years old, this happened to me, and that happened to me, and so on. Da 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 da. And so his attitude was, people have been rotten to me, mm. and I've had a very bad time. And you could tell that he had a predisposition to look at people as um, potential <laughs> potential problems or sources of, mm. uh, of problems. And uh, he considered himself innocent. He considered himself, uh, again, an innocent victim. But, but it wasn't so. And uh, by the way, he studied, uh, he was studying Buddhism and therefore supposedly believed in reincarnation, believed in karma. But again, the way our ego is, we never want to say it applies to me. Mm. And uh, so for us to say, uh, well, that's me. If somebody lied about me, it means that I lied about someone in a previous life. And we, it, it, it can be a very bitter lesson, but we have to realize, all right, 
that is a trait that I must see must not come up in me in this life. You know? Mm, very thought-provoking, it, isn't it? Yes, yes. I mean, uh, it, it's very, very important because it's so easy to say. For example, I knew a woman, uh, a very close friend of mine, she was really upset, virtually traumatized that when her mother died, uh, the grief of her mother's death was really compounded by her brother uh, machinating uh, in such a way that she was cheated out of a, a, a tremendous amount of her inheritance from her mother. And, uh, I mean, it was $150,000. Uh, he just, he he worked some kind of thing. Oftentimes what's legal is not necessarily what's right. And legally he managed to do this. Well, I mean, naturally, uh, the money mattered, but mostly uh, they'd been friends all their life. They got along very well from childhood. And suddenly he does this, and it just devastated her. But the thing is, if this happens, it's not easy to say, well, this is an echo. This is an echo from a message I sent out in a previous life. Therefore, I need forgiveness in a sense. Let me forgive myself <laughs> mm. for having caused this. Oftentimes, when we really wonder what's behind it all, well, we just need to go look in the mirror yeah, wow. and say, oh, this is the person. I've heard people say, I've done good only to people all my life. I've never hurt anyone. I've never cheated anyone. Da-da-da-da-da. And yet, look what's happened to me or look what other people have done to me. But they don't understand that we have a long, long history. It's sort of like in... Uh, uh, the stories you know about uh, criminals and so on uh, they talk about their criminal record and they'll say well I checked on him and they've got a record as long as your arm <laughs> we all have got records we have records as, as, as long as the earth is from the moon mm. basically <laughs> so if we can understand that mm. and it's not easy and it's, but, it's, very, uh, it's very humbling, too, isn't it, like all of this, just listening to all of this, because it, it gives us that uh, understanding and um, acceptance, too. Yeah, it's just so important. Yes, and we have to realize, you know, Buddha said a very wonderful thing. He said there, every person in the world has been close to us at some time. And, uh, and therefore... Therefore, we should uh, look at people uh, with this capacity to say, well, we've been close to each other before. Why couldn't we be close to uh, each other now? And, uh, and then not say that's a stranger, that there are no strangers. Mm. Yes, and, and uh, to be able to, to see this, and again, to accept it, because we uh, we naturally don't uh, don't don't enjoy uh, th- these kind of uh, these kind of situations. I mean, there was you know in, in in my little small hometown when I was in high school, there was a man there. Actually, he's married to a cousin of mine, and he started to take. He took it upon himself to start telling lies about me. Silly lies, ridiculous lies. That I, I I couldn't believe it, and uh, I. But what could I do about it? And then later on, when I remembered all this, I thought, well, there we go. In other words, either I lied about him, or I lied about someone else uh, in a previous life. So it was just coming back to me. And uh, it would be a very grave mistake to always think of him with dislike. And almost, even if sometimes people have a desire for revenge, because it was just uh, 
I put in the order. How many times people go into a restaurant, they just say, oh, I think I'll try that. So they order it. Well, the waiter or waitress comes and puts it down in front of them, and they taste it and say, oh, I don't like this at all. I don't want this. Well, but they ordered it, Mm. you know. And (laughs) we've ordered so much. Yeah. You know, we (laughs) truly, we, we have ordered so much in previous lives, and now the delivery has come. But because we don't remember, and so, and because we have act, could have actually changed, uh, we say no. This isn't for me. I don't want this. I don't want to deal with this. I can't relate to this. But we've got to relate to it. Mm. And not fight it. Hope I'm making. I hope I'm making sense. Yeah, yeah. No, you are. Abbot George, you are always. And we have come to the end of the program. We've got two minutes left. So as I always say to my guests, any last words to our listeners? You've, you, it's always great to talk to you, but did you want to leave us with any last thoughts? Well, it's important to realise that we have a far greater history than, than we knew, that we're actually more important people than we knew. Uh, think how we've been woven into the lives of how many people through centuries and centuries and we we really have a remarkable past some people say well I've never done anything in my life and so on well maybe in this life but perhaps we're just on vacation that's <laughs> that's why we don't seem to <laughs> have done done very much but to realize we're a wonderful story and we're an unfolding story. Every life is a chapter in that story. And yes, we can often be very discontented, especially as when we get older, uh, discontented with this life, but it isn't the only life we'll ever have. And uh, next, next chapter can be uh, maybe much more interesting and much more happy chapter. If we make this life, if we do our best to be positive in this life, then we can have a positive future. It's extremely important to realize we create, we created this present life and we are right now creating our future life. Wonderful. Yep. It's wonderful, actually. I mean, uh, many people feel like, well, they're just helpless, but none of us are helpless. We're creating our own life beautiful so thank you for listening to me (laughs) oh thank you thank you once again abbot george and uh send regards to brother simeon who's always a great support to our uh, conversations i will indeed he's right here beautiful and uh thank you so much i look forward to our next chat great i do too thank you very much thank you you're welcome (laughs) bye bye bye